Marks podcast, Bread in the Wilderness. I'm Holly. I'm Tyler. And we are sitting down to pray through the elections appointed uh, for Proper 21 Year A, Sunday closest to September 28th. It's another Eat This Book, you forgot to say that. Oh, there's too many names. Yes, Eat This Book. <laughs> Digest This Book. Become This Word. Uh, and so we're going to pray through these scriptures and uh, there's always uh, a great wealth of lines and images to uh, dwell on with Mary Um, but we'll pull out just a few today and see uh, what we learn about who this God of ours is and who we also are called to be so I'll pray our collect for holy scripture and then the collect for proper 21. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. O God, you declare your almighty power chiefly in showing mercy and pity. Grant us the fullness of your grace, that we, running to obtain your promises, may become partakers of your heavenly treasure. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. So what do you think? Partakers of heavenly treasure. It's pretty good. I think by heavenly treasure, we basically mean uh, divine nature itself, God's being, participation in God's life. Yeah, partakers of divine nature. scriptural references used to uh, talk about uh, theosis or like the divinization purpose of the human life to move from uh, image to likeness by grace so that we become uh, by grace, what uh, Christ is by nature. Mm-hmm. Loved into loving in that whole, that whole thing. That's what God wants to give us. That's what God is giving us. Yeah, that full measure pressed down that we were mm-hmm. talking about last time. And here, grant us the fullness of your grace. Aroma. And then, in case we were still laboring under uh, images of God that sort of associates God with um, big meanies, mm. um, clarifies 
for us what exactly is the, the nature of this almighty power, uh, mercy and compassion, um, suffering with. Um, it's the power revealed to us in the weakness of Christ on the cross. And yes. The, the kneeling and washing and feeding of Christ at the Last Supper. It's that curious kind of king on a donkey, not a war horse. Yeah. It's what Capon calls the left-handed power. Of uh, God, yeah. Yeah. Uh, not, not coercive. Not a power backed by violence, uh, but the strong is strong and stronger than death. Uh, power of love, of gentleness, of steadfastness. Yeah, uh, sometimes uh, it's, it's um, uh, John Caputo calls it. I think the insistence of God. Mm -hmm. Hanging around like a bad smell, kind of <laughs> nature of God. Never gives up on us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I was just staring right at it. Do you want to hear? Yes. Partakers of divine nature. Um, From First Peter? Second Peter one to four. Mm. Um, so you get like the opening. Simeon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith as precious as ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. So they received faith through the righteousness of Christ. Hmm. It's not something they've worked themselves Achieved. up to. Yeah, may grace and peace be yours in abundance in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything needed for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Thus he has given us through these things his precious and very great promises so that through them you may escape from the corruption that is in the world because of lust and may become participants of the divine nature. Partakers of heavenly treasure. Yeah. And the, the running the race part is the, I think, gesturing at the sort of synergistic relationship between grace and the free will of the human person like you're talking about, that it's through our consent to God's presence and action that this work is done in us, but that it's not done to us unilaterally as if God were some kind of one-way thaumaturge, wonder worker, zapping us, yeah. lightning bolts out of heaven kind of thing. Yeah. That there's a because God respects our freedom, 
erase that consent that yes needed mm -hmm. for, for grace to touch and transfigure our human nature. Mm -hmm. I think running to obtain your promises also conveys uh, an eagerness, uh, gratitude. Uh, you know, also, I remember hearing Norman Fisher, who's been a monk for 40 years or something, talk, and he was talking about sort of the essential ingredients of the spiritual life, and he was kind of list, listing them. And at the end of the list, and he says, and it must be said, uh, no small amount of desperation And it's like so uncouth to be desperate. Oof. If you're a member of the Frozen Chosen, you know, in your Sunday mm -hmm. best, you know. Um, but urgency yeah. um, does has, it doesn't have to be fearful mm -hmm. kind of desperation, but like, uh, an unrequited longing, uh, unquenchable yearning for mm. for for truth for peace for knowledge in the truest sense of how things are like yep. that kind of like we bring that um, curiosity inquisitiveness to the spiritual life and that's like good necessary even yeah right um so not like just a passive like yeah uh, the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like little children who are in need <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and who are curious uh -huh. I mean My, my parents, they, they used to, my, my nickname for years and years was Why Guy mm -hmm. when I was a kid. Because I literally, you know, it's, we're going to the park. Why? <laughs> well, because it's, that's where all the, the swings are. Why are the swings only at the park? Like, why mm -hmm. can't you have swings everywhere? But... And it drove everybody insane, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I was thinking about that, like there's, like part of that has like never really left me mm -hmm. in terms of like a, a restless kind of curiosity. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, turn over every rock, ask every question. Mm -hmm. um, if that's the kind of person you are, then like use that. Be that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think I think sometimes, like, what no? There's just there's there's this balance between it's all done, it's finished, and accomplished. The grace is given. There's full measure pressed down, overflowing, um, and yet, kind of a limitless capacity in this human life for that to be realized, for that freedom to be explored, lived into. Yeah. 
um, like there's really expressed no through expressed through yeah. yeah like there's no end to how that what that can look like in the short span of days that we have mm-hmm. um, and so sort of keeping that Not the um, closed down, panicky desperation, but right, not despairing. The enlivening, yeah. Like I want to taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Your face, Lord, will I seek. That that kind yeah. of urgency, that kind of running. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. In other spiritual traditions, it's like kept alive in ways that I think sometimes mainline Protestantism doesn't quite doesn't quite kindle those fires as much as it, mm. it could, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, I, yeah, yeah, I think it's worth noting, noting that. So this running we're talking about is in relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a fearful running from and not a personal striving toward. Uh, no, but it's... But <laughs> seeking uh, yeah. for God. Yeah. 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 And like in the place of prayer. Yeah. Discipleship service. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you mean by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The parents have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, says the Lord God, this proverb shall no more be used by you in Israel. Know that all lives are mine. The life of the parent, as well as the life of the child, is mine. It is only the person who sins that shall die. Yet you say, the way of the Lord is unfair. Here now, O house of Israel, is my way unfair? Is it not your ways that are unfair? When the righteous turn away from their righteousness and commit iniquity, they shall die for it. For the iniquity that they have committed, they shall die. Again, when the wicked turn away from the wickedness they have committed and do what is lawful and right, they shall save their life. Because they considered and turned away from all the transgressions that they had committed, they shall surely live, they shall not die. Yet the house of Israel says, the way of the Lord is unfair. O house of Israel, are my ways unfair? Is it not your ways that are unfair? Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, all of you according to your ways, says the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, otherwise iniquity will be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions that you have committed against me, and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, says the Lord God. Turn then and live. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. get echoes of what we were talking about last week about this sort of um, complaint versus abundance. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
so many of you know sour grapes like the, I think the, the King James translation I think that's how it first entered the lexicon lexicon mm. that so many of our expressions in the English idiomatic expressions come from that yeah. original King James but I think sour something sour grapes and setting your teeth on it it comes from this <laughs> Yeah, the, what's the source of what's the source of the what living death that they the people of Israel find themselves suffering? You know? mm. Like all of us, the people of Israel want to point the finger outside themselves and say it's somebody else's fault. You did this to me. It's your fault. Mm-hmm. Um, Which they're doing with God. Yeah. Saying, you're punishing us. It's not fair. Whereas the voice of the Lord is describing uh, iniquity as leading to death in a very natural, descriptive way. Like, to live like this is itself death dealing. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm meeting out some punishment or smiting you, but uh, (laughs) to turn away from your neighbor, to be so self-enclosed is itself a kind of hell. And God is over and over calling, why will you die? I don't want you to die, turn and live. For the priestly caste to like serve serve their own ends and like all the the various ways Mm -hmm. that Israel has kind of like fallen away. Um, As always happens with the prophets, these are not there's a it's, it's it's a diagnostic and like you said descriptive like if you do this then it leads to death mm-hmm. uh, so don't do that <laughs> you know, turn mm-hmm. turn and live and that's the Lord's deepest desire and yet like the Israelites we always have this God's doing this you know I'm being punished mm-hmm. um, well, or are there certain ways in which we're moving through the world that sort of keep us captive to something that's not who we're called to be? Mm-hmm. Something that's not being a partaker of divine nature. Yeah. Uh, I love the, the turn in this passage of uh, the people questioning whether God is fair <laughs> to God saying, whoa, <laughs> actually, the way of the, the house of Israel says the way of the Lord is unfair. Oh, house of Israel, are my ways unfair? Is it not your ways that are unfair? You are oppressing your workers. Mm-hmm. Um, you are uh, worshiping idols, things yeah. um, that are not the living God, not a source of real life. Um, Same in Isaiah, is this the fast that I declare? You, know, you mm-hmm. hide yourself away from your, from from your kin. kin. Yeah. yeah kin being everyone Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah like this there's this often prophecy is sort of it's like you know this like time machine kind of like you know here's the lottery numbers you should play kind of picture of prophecy but um, 
more often it's it's actually a person who enjoys the nearer presence of the Lord who as a result of knowing the steadfast covenant faithfulness and loving kindness of God um, enjoys a certain kind of clear-sightedness <laughs> in terms of an ability to see what leads to individual and uh, communal flourishing and what um, degrades mm -hmm. the creatures of God, like in our baptismal mm -hmm. covenant, right? Um, and so it, it's really like, it's kind of like cause and effecty. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. It, it's not uh, foretelling a certain future. It's actually, there is an uncertainty. There's a possibility in the future. And there's one track. If you proceed uh, in your self-enclosed way um, that goes toward death. Right. And there is still the possibility to turn and uh, choose life. Right. The future can be different than... Uh, than the way it's looking right now. So, and then, like, like, what are those situations that, you know, Ezekiel is speaking from in our own world right now? What are the ways that lead to death? You know, like, prison industrial complex, systemic racism, structural inequality, climate change. Degradation of the earth, yeah. Uh, shall we go Consumer on? capitalism is the only yeah. framework for meaning or identity, yeah. Um, yeah, violence directed against LGBTQ plus community, uh, on and on. So, um, where there is death dealing, like, you could actually hear Ezekiel's diagnosis, the clear-sightedness of seeing the problem, naming it, but then, like being a repairer of the breach, or being a, a Christian, <laughs> someone who lives by hope mm -hmm. that can't be seen, mm -hmm against hope for the impossible you know the yet to come mm -hmm. um, in that very place we said okay but turn then and live mm -hmm. right? and like you don't even have to know what you're turning to like almost in the naming and diagnosing of, of the death dealing thing and there's got to be a different way what is it mm -hmm. that's already beginning of something other than just the meat grinder yeah yeah running <laughs> running to something else there must be a different way but so much of it is being able to say that like name the death dealing thing that's going on <laughs> That's, 
Like we don't even really get that far a lot of the time. Well, what are you talking about? Yeah. That's not true. Yeah, yeah, very well defended against seeing our death dealing ways clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, until there's the full flourishing of all of God's creation, then we are in some ways participating in death dealing. Mm-hmm. And it's like no one, no thing yeah. left out. So work to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Psalm 25? Mm-hmm. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. My God, I put my trust in you. Let me not be humiliated, nor let my enemies triumph over me. Let none who look to you be put to shame. Let the treacherous be disappointed in their schemes. Show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. In you have I trusted all the day long. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and love, for they are from everlasting. Remember not the sins of my youth and my transgressions. Remember me according to your love, for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Gracious and upright is the Lord, therefore he teaches sinners in his way. He guides the humble in doing right, and teaches his way to the lowly. Show me your ways, O Lord. Yeah, your face will I seek kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Lead me in your truth and teach me. Mm -hmm. I put my trust in you. It's funny how there's no content, right? (laughs) Like you don't get the instruction manual. Mm You know, psalms written for like liturgical use in the, in the temple mm-hmm. like to our very kind of instrumentalist mindset we would think well it's like teach me your ways okay well and, and, and here's the ways and one two three yeah like an ikea instruction book but like actually like all of it is included in in the very asking mm-hmm. um, yeah like that's that's the whole thing that's how needs to be taught gets taught is through the simple Mm -hmm. recognition that Mm -hmm. we can't teach ourselves we're not yeah Um, the same way that faith is faith in someone Mm -hmm. uh, who's trustworthy uh, rather than a particular set of propositions that are intellectually agreed to What do you make of the difference in verse 1? Let me not be humiliated. And in verse 8, he guides the humble in doing right and teaches his way to the lowly. Sometimes I think people conflate humility and humiliation. Mm. You know, like that can be 
kind of a stumbling block, I think. Yeah. I think humility is just being natural, being as we are, uh, without apology and without pretense. Hummus like, grounded, uh -huh. earthy. Uh huh. Humus like, I think, but also hummus. Humus? <laughs> you hummus know, the, the chickpea? Yeah. The chickpea sauce? I guess that's, I mean, that, that could be humble yeah. as well. It's uh, pretty humble. Yeah. It's gross. <laughs> I'll get you some good hummus. Uh, humiliation. I mean, humiliation is being shamed and uh, separated in relationship. Power dynamic. Yeah. Someone on the top humiliates. Being looked down on. Yeah. Yeah. Triumphed over. I think humility in connected relationship to God is um, not needing to prove anything anymore. Being exactly who we are, as we are. Mm -hmm. Without pretense. Yep. Pretense. Mm-hmm. Without apology, without feeling bad about who we are. That's not humility either. Here I am. Yeah. The he nanny of like mm -hmm. Samuel and Isaiah and Mary. Yeah. No, I guess I just because there's also a way in which, like, if we conflate humiliation and humility, mm. then in the name of humility, we can engage in kind of acts of self-humiliation that kind of miss the mark. Mm -hmm. right, where it becomes, or just as self-involved. Right, it becomes this sort of performative yeah. kind of humility that is yeah. the very opposite of just yeah. the grounded, just as you are, humus like mm -hmm. naturalness of yeah. yeah which is not performed not performed by definition it, right yeah yeah so if it's if it's cultivating some kind of image of yeah. oneself as something then it's necessarily not the humus like naturalness <laughs> really stuck on this <laughs> <laughs> yeah Okay. All the day long, I've trusted. Mm -hmm. so Philippians? You, you get the big... Here we go. It's the, it's the big fish here. <laughs> From Philippians 2, 1 through 13. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. 
Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What do you say about that? Yeah, mic drop. We know, right, that this was kind of an extant hymn among mm-hmm. some of the house churches, um, bef- likely before Paul wrote this, mm-hmm. so it was kind of like, in a way, quoting something that is already in circulation, already on their lips. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always like to like you asked someone like well who is this Jesus like when they knock on the door for entrance into the house and they say the password Maranatha mm-hmm. and they're like, okay well tell me about this Jesus and like I almost imagine them singing this song mm-hmm. this, this canonic hymn of who and how Jesus mm-hmm. is and who they are called to be through participation yeah. in divine nature Which, um, yeah, that that the Christ pattern that is who we truly are is actually a song, mm-hmm. a melody, something to be lived, danced, yeah. sung yeah. through uh, us. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. Um, and how far away we get from. Mm-hmm. liveliness of you know live music <laughs> <laughs> yeah to yeah I want to say it's you can say that this is the first like proto creed uh, and yet that sounds <laughs> so uh, uh, what stuck or musicless uh, to how we think of the creeds sometimes but the creeds are to be sung, danced, lived. Do you remember like my this. story about Yeah, you should tell it. Um, I forget his name, but he was the abbot of the Orthodox monastery in Washington, D.C., where we went in for class one semester. And um, we were, like, quibbling over some points of Anglican Orthodox doctrine, uh, you know, <laughs> I can't exactly remember the circumstances. And he said, "You know what the problem with you Protestants 
I said, no. <laughs> tell us. <laughs> Please, tell us. And he's like, you think the creed is um, something to be believed and dully recited, or duly recited maybe, uh, rather than something to be danced. And then he's this big portly fellow, like rather like Santa Claus with a white beard, and started sort of swaying back and forth and says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty. Mm -hmm. And sort of sashaying such as it, so to speak, you know, down the aisle of this little room in the monastery where we were all kind of at our desks. And so he had just such much more lively, lived, enacted, embodied mm -hmm. sense of uh, what a creed actually is. Whereas, like, we think of it like the sort of the mask you put on like Hannibal Lecter or something, you know, like the, this metal face mask, the man of the iron mask kind of, <laughs> you know, you're locked into the, you know, yeah. iron lung, or I, I don't know, uh -huh. like take your bad metaphor. It's a good argument for chanting the creed. You just hear it different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so like these are notes in a dance. Yeah invitations rather than mm -hmm. yeah I mean from Paul it's explicitly an invitation let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus mm -hmm. this is the life enter into it and the way into it is through um, non-exploitation and uh, or non-grasping. That's the two two ways you can translate that. Mm -hmm. um, not regard equality with God something to be grasped or something to be exploited. Um, and you can make the case that any time you grasp, claim control, own, you are like already exploiting. Mm -hmm. right? It's interesting. To, like anything we hold on to becomes something we exploit for our own gain. Yeah, and so it's, it's manipulated. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so it's this, it's this call to the open-handed poverty mm -hmm. of letting go, surrender, letting be, here I am. Yeah. Uh, in which, um, what, this, the, the life with I, me, mine at the center is emptied out of us by grace mm -hmm. in God's own time, mm -hmm. exactly to the measure we can handle it. Right? And clench our fists, yeah. So that his life might live in and through us as this sort of unique, unrepeatable person. Open-handed for others, right? Yeah. So, open-handed, it flows through us yeah. outward. Yeah. So clenched up. Does not. We're stuck. Yeah. So it's the. It's the Christ pattern. Mm -hmm. it's, it's who Jesus is, and it actually ends up being like. Sort of. What it means. Um, well, that's the the whole thing is there. It's the path, the goal, the fruit, all of it is. Yeah. 
is in that open-handedness. The same mind is that so like so the the same knowledge the same intimacy that with the Father that Jesus enjoys uh, becomes ours by grace. Mm-hmm. It's the same mind, not mm-hmm. like it's some approximation of the mind or you know fifth the generation bootleg yeah. of the mind. <laughs> no, it's the photocopy mind. of a photocopy of a photocopy. It's not that. Yeah. No. No, it's, yeah. The same mind, right? And just earlier in the first chapter, um, Paul is talking about the call to unity, sharing in the same mind among the saints in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Right? It's by the spirit that this mind is given to us yes. uh, or awakened in us. Right. Um, and so to realize like the full height and breadth and depth and scope of what's offered, right? Um, like that's part of the reason why he would hammer that a lot <laughs> in formation. Like here's, here's what the call is. Like here's, here's what's on offer, mm-hmm. right? Um, much different than the Jesus was nice and he wants us to be nice too, kind of Stanley Auerbach's Sunday school in Texas thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, the vision is a lot grander than that. And so, like, that, then there's that, that urgency, right? Yeah. That, that what we were yeah. calling desperation. Like, work out your salvation. Like, know this. Make this yes. real. Uh, with, with awe and wonder. Mm-hmm. You know, if fear and trembling freak you out, then say with awe and wonder yep. and gratitude. Yep. Um, you know? It's the wise men. Make wondering awe. Yeah, make yep. that real in your life because this is this is what's on offer this is the game mm-hmm. it is god who is at work in you <laughs> so yeah. yeah like take it up kind of yeah. thing see the death and resurrection pattern in there too obviously mm-hmm. dying and rising yeah show me the path of life uh, path of life goes through death <laughs> and not just the death at the end of our life no <laughs> now like the, the death to the small egocentric self with mm-hmm those petty wants, needs, yeah. and desires at the center. Uh, death of the way of exploitation, mm-hmm. of grasping. Yeah. Hey, I know. Let's build another barn. Mm-hmm. Like a bigger one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Moraine and 
dairy farms and cornfields and you know old barns every single one like you know take a picture of it frame it kind of ramshackle wooden barn that's gone through 50 winters and, mm -hmm. and that now it's all being bought and developed turned into you know these box stores everywhere mm -hmm. and um, so the latest one was like not actually too far from where my parents live and it's just enormous like acres and acres and acres of just this pad with you know walls going out on the outside and they don't even build walls anymore they just clip on big panels plastic panels onto the grid like a big lego set mm -hmm. it's crazy yeah and and I said, so what are they putting in there? Oh, we don't even, they don't even know. They just, they just know they want to build something that's going to one day, you know, have something in it. And I said, well, okay, build a bigger box store. Yeah. It seems to be the kind of answer. Have you seen that though, where they just build the frame now and they don't even, they don't use bricks or even cinder blocks? Mm -hmm. It's just this big panel that clips on. Mm -hmm. Prefab. Yeah. Prefab. It's wild. It's crazy. Okay, sorry. No. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. From Matthew. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. Father went to the second and said the same, and he answered, I go, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. Even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. So you have this question of his authority, the first part.
and then in the second part, this uh, sort of the, the, the two sons. One who says uh, he won't, but changes his mind and goes in the end. Mm -hmm. And the other one who says he will, but he doesn't. Change the mind is what? Repentance. Metanoia, yeah. It's the turn. Mm -hmm. the, uh, in the way of love, right? To ungrasp. To receive the mind of Christ, and so what? What would? What's he grasping? This the first son. When you, son, go work in the vineyard today, and you say, "I will not." Like what's what's being held to? What's being grasped or exploited? Autonomy, self determination. Yeah. Eric Cartman. Whatever, I do what I want, right? It's like, there's a reason why he's the most, one of the most well-known uh, cartoon characters is because he sort of says out loud the, who we all are, mm -hmm. you know, secretly. Whatever, I do what I want, right? Mm -hmm. And I was driving behind somebody with a truck, he had a Chevy truck, you know, and they said, caricature of a kid with his pants pulled down peeing on a Ford, right? But it's just, I do what I want. I, mm -hmm. I piss on Fords. Like, that's because I'm a Chevy guy. Yeah. Like, that's, but that's what we do, right? That's, that's yeah. the, that's what's being grasped and exploited there. Mm -hmm. Yes. My peculiar set of requirements demands how mm -hmm. things are or should be you know once and forever mm -hmm. elevated to the level of a divine law how about the second is he grasping as well <laughs> I go sir but not going yeah, wanting to appear good in the eyes of his yeah. father to sort of that sort of keep up the pretense of. Yeah. It's quite easy to be convicted on both counts. Yeah, kind of false compliance. False compliance and keeping up appearances, and then not really following through. You know, going all the way, running the race, yeah. working out our salvation with fear and trembling, with wonder and awe. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, still an underlying refusal. Yeah, a holding back. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing is, like, never too late, right? Like, mm -hmm. you can, you can, like, oh, like, yeah, there's, there's, this, there's, there's, if you detect an element of holding back, this undercurrent of resistance, and, mm -hmm. and, and then you can let. Because the truth is, it's not. It's never just a one-time thing. It's like mm -hmm. a progressively more surrendered, yeah. ungrasping, and like yeah. you think you've let go all the way, and then uh -huh. you're like, oh wow, <laughs> it's like there's still more to let go of, right? Yeah. Like so, there's this. 
it's actually cultivating in us a, a non-possessive attitude towards our whole life, right? Yeah. Like, at all times. And so, like, don't be surprised if, like, the, oh, wow, there's, like, something here to more to let go of. Like, mm-hmm. you kind of expect that up until the you very last breath. That. Right? Like, yeah. that's one of the Desert Fathers. Like, you know, and, you know, um, you know, they put it in kind of stark language, but it's like in perdition or <laughs> sin is at hand until the very last moment or something. But, like, mm-hmm. another way to say that would be, like, you can keep on letting go mm-hmm. all the way to the very end. Like, yeah. Something pretty cool about the difference between the, the two not knows uh, to in, in the first part. Mm-hmm. Um, so they answered Jesus, we do not know. Um, versus uh, Jesus, neither will I tell you. Jesus is pointing out a certain kind of not knowing too, but I think it's different than the, the fearful not knowing. Mm-hmm the chief priests and elders who um, are basically saying they're hedging mm-hmm. out of fear. Yeah. They're refusing to answer him. Yeah. They know what they think, but they're not willing to say it, actually. Which he sort of points <laughs> to. They say, we don't know. And he doesn't say, I don't know either. He says, neither will I tell you. Because really what they've said is, we're not going to answer that. But there's a way in which not falling on either side of the dilemma, mm-hmm. either of those horns, is like where you're actually called to live. Like knowing that's not going to solve the battle. Having the answer to the question right. is not. Which is, I think, why he goes into this parable about how do you live it? Right. So tell me more. Well, he's, the contrast between these two sons is uh, it doesn't much matter how they answered the father or what they said. Uh, it's reflected in their life. Who actually went and carried out the will of, of the father. And it turns out it's not the ones everyone thought we're righteous and have it all together. Truly the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of heaven ahead of you. The way of righteousness is actually God's righteousness. And trusting that and receiving that rather than having it all together on our own, supposedly, apparently. Do you want to hear Capon on this? Or do we care? He's always great. What do we got? Uh, 
question. On which of these two sons will judgment fall? On the second. Question, why? Because he did not do the will of the Father. Answer, what then is the will of the Father? I quote Jesus himself in John 6.40. This is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son, Jesus, standing there and speaking there, and hanging there on the cross, and believes, pistuon, in him, on him, may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Says, do you see the incidental devices by which the two sons arrived at believing or non-believing behavior, at faith or unfaith, at a yes out of a no, or at a no out of a yes, are not the main point. The point is simply that judgment falls adversely on unfaith alone. And it is underscored by Jesus' insistence that the tax collectors and the harlots will go into the kingdom before the rulers. It is not that those disreputable types will be saved because they straightened up and flew right. It is that they will be saved just because they believed. And it is not that the rulers will run a poor second because they took a nosedive into evil works after a previously respectable flight pattern. Like the Pharisee and the Pharisee and the publican, they are condemned for not repenting of their unfaith, uh, for their faithless non-acceptance of grace that works by raising the dead. The will of the Father is that all righteous and unrighteous alike be saved by faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. So he's saying both sons. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like that one gets it because he repented. Hmm. You know why he would say that? Because then it turns like, you know, it's that sort of. Repentance you, is another work. Yeah. Yeah. Insane, yes, right? so. yes, a very strong allergy to anything at all looking like earning what can't be earned. Grace is freely given. Yeah. And he says, the first son's initial no to his father remains the insult it always was. And the second son's yes stands as an irrevocable joy. It's not that either the evil evils of the first are reformed away or that the goodness of the second go into the disregard. It's just that the one finally, and in living fact, takes his stand on trust in his father's being, exousia, while the other, in fact, repudiates it. So it becomes all about whether we actually trust and have faith. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I haven't read the whole section, so I'll see where, where that takes me. But. Mm -hmm. 
Anything else? By what authority was Jesus doing these things? <laughs> Who gave it to him? <laughs> yeah. It almost seems like what Capon's getting at is to sort of engage in that kind of pedantry or something. is in itself a form of unfaith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Authority and authorship are very connected. It's, this is the one through him all things are made. Uh, it's yeah. out of his being. I think uh, that right. his authority. I think that's the expressed. Yeah. yeah. Lucia literally is being yes. out of his own being. Yeah. So it kind of gets to what we always talk about in terms of like what they're not with Jesus in front of them is in relationship mm-hmm. with his being with his beingness, with the beingness itself. Mm-hmm. They are sort of stepping back and... How can we name this? How can we label it? Mm-hmm. Uh, to ab- abstract it into this idea of authority. Yeah. Like, the author of our salvation in the flesh. Right. Yeah. And they want to box it up. Yeah. Turn it into sort of formula. So he, he is the the singing, dancing performance of the creed, right? Mm-hmm. And they want to go back and talk about the filioque. <laughs> For instance. <laughs> So yeah, that's interesting. Capon sort of it's not that one gets it and the other doesn't. Mm-hmm. Right, he sort of explodes that whole picture. So right in the end, it can't be about the work either of them do or don't do. Right. So one one goes and what stuffs bulletins <laughs> for church on Sunday. The other doesn't. Yeah, who did the will of the Father? Well, the one who did. <laughs> Oof. No, but I mean, it's yeah. like kind of... Can't depend on, on that. So if it's not that, work. then what's, what's being pointed at? That might be just a good question for people. To... Yeah. Hmm. Good? Very good. Take care, everyone. All right. God bless. God bless.